You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, Seminole Headlines. No, not headliner questions. We might find some from last week. Remember I was going to do that, guys? Sure. 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV, the hour brought to you by our friends at Birch, Ortho- Birch Orthodontics, if I could speak. By the way, Dr. Birch, what a great personality, huh? She went on great. Twitter. She laughed about it. She thought it was great. Great sense of humor, huh? Yeah. But was she being real or do you really – I mean, I feel like she will leave some money for those players. <laughs> Man, we got we got out of get out of jail free card. Sorry. It was like – just kidding. Double Earth down. Orthodontics, my kids both have gone there. One is out of braces and had a great experience and his teeth are straight. And he has been wearing his retainer despite the conspiracy that his dad thinks it is. And then secondly, uh, Clark has got the braces and he hasn't been bothered by him one bit. In fact, he complains far less than Bryce did. Bryce just likes to complain in general. So yeah. he's a kind of a complainy kid. Whereas Clark doesn't even act like he has braces. He he's like, whatever, that's cool. They're fine. I, I don't mind them. Like, okay, well, that's a testament to Birch Orthodontics. Maybe also a testament to being a younger brother who's seen his older brother go through it. Maybe that's part of the the uh, the comfort level. But uh, yeah, be. and all three of my kids went there as well. All uh, thrilled with the work that Dr. Birch's office did and just the 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 comfort level. Uh, and I think that was going back to why we chose them in the first place was. Dr. Birch and her staff, not just her, because she's got a great staff around her, is they just make kids and people just feel comfortable during what cannot be comfortable at times. And then also you have the payment plans and everything else. They do great work. So we cannot recommend them highly enough. BirchOrthodontics.com is the website. If you want a free consultation, just give them a call or, or stop by and they will uh, do that for you. Hey, by the way, guys, uh, I got a question here from a guy right off the bat. He wants me to rate his five-team parlay in which he could win $1,191 for a $50 bet. We could do that here on the show, but instead I'm going to go back and look for some ones that uh, that I didn't get to last time. I do now get a lot of gambling Twitter, which I'm here for, guys. Come on. Come on. Bring it to me. Let's go. It is about to be that time of year. I'm gambling on Florida State over six and a half. Ira, if, if we did that? Would you go over? Uh, yeah, I would go over. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely. I, I'm or not saying like, over six and a half. Yeah, I would bet Brady's life on it. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> much. Week. That's the standard you go with. I bet my gallbladder on that bad boy, which mm. I can't keep. As I as I said, I think last week that they don't let you keep your gallbladder, which doesn't really make sense because it's mine. 
What are they doing? I, you know, man, I just, you know, again, we, we focus on, you know, I think we focused a lot on last year. Uh, and I think that's natural. I was uh, on a show last week uh, talking to some, you know, this time of year we go on shows around the country where yeah. they have questions about Florida state football. And, and if you look at it in the macro and say, okay, well, they were three and five, three and six, two years ago, last year they were five and seven, like what's realistic. And, and the point I try to make to people that don't follow Florida state closely is it really was two seasons. You know, you really, the, the first month where they hadn't figured out on defense personnel wise and scheme things. <clears throat> and then offensively, they couldn't figure out who's going to be the quarterback. That was a different team from game five on. And so maybe in the second half of that, that the fourth loss, um, you know, they became a different team. And, and so to me, if you, if you judge it by that, that's seven or eight games down the stretch and then what they've added. Yeah. I, I think they're going to win at least. Oh, yeah. seven games. I think maybe eight. A question for both of you, since this is normally when we're asking questions, I, you just brought it up and, and I had a discussion about it on Friday's Jeff Cameron show. I really am at a loss and I don't, we have to be careful because I will say Mike Norvell is we all love the fact that he is so confident in what they do, that he allows everybody from the press to come out there and watch these practices. And as long as we are reasonable with what we report, it doesn't seem like he's interested in excluding people from ever covering his team. So I, I I'm always careful when I do criticize elements of things that I saw in practice, because I don't want to violate that, but how the hell did they come to the conclusion for as long as they did last year, Ira, those first four games, that Mackenzie Milton was in any way an option? Because I was not those. Are you asking Ira or me? Because I'm asking both of you. Corey. All right, Corey, you can start. I know you're eager. Like, uh, how I, the hell? I'm. I'm. I got dibs on retorting though to whatever he says. Because that's fine. We got time here, fellas. I don't know if you know this. We've got it's time. Really it's not a race. Yeah. It's okay. Go ahead. Uh, no, man. I man. It came down to two throws. It came, two throws changed the entire uh, complexion of that first month of the season. If McKenzie Milton comes in in that Notre Dame game and throws the ball out of bounds or gets sacked, Jordan Travis might go in on the very next play because his helmet had just come off. But no, he just happens to make the best throw of the day, the best throw of his Florida State career, the very first throw. And then he made that other one down the seam to the guy that was crazy covered, and he put it in an incredibly tight window. And you're like, we got the McKenzie Milton back. This is this is 2017, McKenzie Milton. He's a he's a gamer. Let's he's a gamer because that's what had happened. We watched him in the spring and we're like, "What in the world is this?" He was awful until like the last few days before the spring game, and then he was good in the spring game, and then he wasn't good in the he wasn't really all that impressive in preseason practice. He lost the job to Jordan Travis, but then he comes in in a pinch and looks like the dude from 17. So you can understand with Norvell being like, "I guess this is just what he does." But not for not for as long as he tried it. Well, so no. what happened was right. they they go to the Jacksonville State game thinking it won't matter. It doesn't matter. We could play uh, Travis yeah. Jay at quarterback, and we're we'll going play, to play yeah. touchdowns. So let's get McKenzie Milton work. Let's let get Jordan Travis some work, and it just backfired on them more than any coaching staff in Florida State history. It was an all time awful job by Mike Norvell and his staff that entire week, and then that game in particular. But then after that, they did go back and forth. I think Milton started Wake Forest, but Jordan Travis played uh, the preponderance of the – that's not the right word. Preponderance. You're looking for the preponderance of evidence, Corey? Yes. Yeah, that's not what I meant. Uh, mm -hmm. What's the word I'm looking for there? Most of the first half, Jordan Travis. How about majority? 
I know, but it starts with a P. He wants a P word there. Yeah, there's a P word there, gang. Come on now. You hear it. You listeners, you know what I'm saying. Come on. Yeah. Text me. Uh, tweet at me. Um, but but so Jordan Travis did play the majority of the first half there. But it he got hurt. And he I got also up. And then it was McKenzie Milton again for the next two weeks. And but it all goes back to those two passes against Notre Dame. If he doesn't complete those two passes, they still lose that game to Notre Dame. But then they beat the tar out of Jacksonville State, in my opinion, because Jordan Travis makes that happen. So you at least get one more win out of that. And maybe Jordan Travis doesn't take that crazy-ass hit at the end of the first half against Wake Forest because he's not trying to prove a point. And that's what I was going to say. That's right. why the other thing I was the other thing I was going to say is Jordan did not respond well to the McKenzie Milton hysteria. And it wasn't, you know, that was a – but to, in his defense – Imagine any of us in that situation. It's easy for everybody. Jeff, you mentioned the first hour, how, how easy it is to see an offensive lineman not compete and not understand it. And like, what do you, you're not a you're not a man. Well, right. This is the same kind of thing where people would say, "Oh, it doesn't matter. You just got to prepare." Yeah, it's easy to say. Imagine being Jordan Travis, who over the last season plus, the only games this program has won. Go. This is talking about last year. Going in 2020 and in the end of 2019, the only games they won really was when Jordan Travis saved the day by himself. Now he comes into this situation where the fans don't want him to be the quarterback. They want the other guy. And he's Mackenzie Milton, who's got this reputation, the Disney storybook. The guy's a carpetbagger. He just got well, he just got into town. And he but and he comes in at the end of that game, makes a couple big throws, to your point. And now everybody wants him to the point where in the Jacksonville State game, when they did alternate him, it sounded like fans were booing when Jordan went in a quarterback. So now, I mean, I think he at that point, that imagine how much that would suck to to have done what you've done over the last year and a half. And then you go out on the field and the fans clearly don't want you the way they cheered for Mackenzie Milton every time he went out there. That would stink. And I think that did affect him in that Wake Forest game. And I think it affected a lot of things. That's where I think going back to the very beginning of this, the they made a calculated risk bringing McKenzie in. The problem was if you didn't, if he's healthy and you didn't play him, even without that thing, the, the, the end of the Notre Dame game, if they just lost that game and he didn't play, they were going to have a ton of questions about why isn't McKenzie Milton playing. Then when he did have those throws, I don't think they had any option. They had to give him a chance to maybe even pr prove he couldn't do it on the field. So I just think it got it became a, a mess, that whole situation, and it really sabotaged that first month of the season. And they kept trying, though, man. They put him in there against Florida. That was the big – to me, that's the he biggest crime. Yeah. He can't play. He can't play a lick. And Especially there was at that no reason, There's no reason to put him in that game. He had a child's arm. And I. it's just impossible. It makes me mad because – that, that it's indefensible. It's indefensible. Like it, I am a believer in Mike Norvell, the football coach. I think he is a smart football coach. I think he's a good football coach may not help him save his job, but I think he is that. I just can't fathom that they were not having meetings or conversations at some point saying, look, if we, if Jordan goes down, we can't keep putting McKenzie Milton out there. He can't play. He can't play. And not only do they put him out there, they do dumbass things like try to run him in the red zone inside the – what are we doing? That's, He's that's got one the, foot. That's what I'm talking about where I want to see Mike Norvell as a play caller because to me that was kind of, okay, I'm done with Kenny at that point. I want to oh see what – yeah. But the other thing I would say is, you know, evaluating Mike Norvell as a coach, is it's fair, man. Like I do think he – I think he can coach. I've seen enough practice. I've yeah. seen enough to believe he's a good coach. 
but that doesn't mean he's perfect. And then go back to the first couple of years of Jimbo Fisher and first, you know, three seasons and go back to the two, 2012, how we killed him after NC State and Florida. I was going to say, and, are we going to bring up NC State again? Well, we have to, because <laughs> the point is, at that point in time, you start asking yourself, man, maybe this guy just can't do it. Maybe right. he's not going to be a head coach. Well, I mean, Mike Norvell had been a head coach before, but I mean, he had never been a head coach on this level. So maybe he doesn't make those mistakes in the future. And 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 I think, you know, maybe that that's what you have to look at. Agreed. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's fine. I just, it's interesting because we're all, I think in agreement that Mike Norvell is a good football coach. And again, He's definitely not perfect. He's made some glaring errors. You can't lose to Jacksonville State. I don't care if you start uh, Brady at quarterback. I mean, well, in Corey Sutton. Brady Clark or Tom? Yeah, Brady, yeah, Brady uh, Clark. You can't lose to Jacksonville State. He could turn and just toss it to the running back over and over again, and you could win well, that game. Well, Brady's got a little more wheels than McKenzie Milton, too. Like, I think Brady's <laughs> going to make somebody miss. Maybe Probably a much better arm, too. Yeah. So my, po- my point would be that, that, yes, he's made some colossal mistakes – and until he wins and wins pretty consistently, it's going to be the albatross around the neck, right? We're all going to go, but we like you, but that happened. Yeah. I also think, though, that, yeah, I think it's but going it to all, be. But it all flips, though, once you do win. You know, like like nobody brings, you know, we joke about NC State. We literally talked about the NC State game every show for like a year. Yeah. Until they won the national title. And, and then we were like. Even then we were like, yeah, but. I remember the day after the Auburn game, we're like, guys, let's not forget what happened in Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> I've but, never know, been so angry. Uh, yeah. But coaches yeah. get better just like we get better. I mean, everybody gets better. So I think that to say, yeah, he made mistakes, that means he's not a good coach. Well, maybe that's part of the problem with this industry. And now they get these salaries where everybody wants to judge them and just assume they can never do it because they don't have success right away. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I listen, I, I think he's a very good coach who had a really bad day and made some curious decisions last year. That And and hopefully we can see the maturity in his efforts as we move forward as well. It's Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Back for more in a moment. Ho, 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 horizons, it took, bar and grill. It took all the strength I had not to interrupt you, turn <laughs> off your mic, and go home. Do you like how I closed my eyes when I sang? Too? Oh, believe me, that was the best part. <laughs> I didn't look at it, thankfully. It was unbelievable. He looked like, like Al Jarreau or something. He's <laughs> <laughs> like Luther Vandross. Well, he was reference. making sure it was there. I want to apologize to Horizon Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, their delicious food uh, should not be overlooked by Corey's singing. Man, that's a great jingle from game. the restaurant itself. Uh, but Horizons Bar and Grill is where, Ira? Bannerman Crossing. you damn right it is. Tallahassee off Thomasville Road and Bannerman Road. It's, uh, man, it's just it's incredible food, incredible people, incredible beers. It's spirits. where we are a lot. We're, hey, before a, the end of the group. week, fellas, uh, any week. Like, you could be listening to this six weeks from yeah. now. Let's let's all get together at Horizons Bar and Grill. We're there a lot. We really are. So if you want to see this in person, this trio <laughs> in person. Never mind the food. You get to see the three of us. But, yeah, the food and the, the drinks, the, the patio, it's all good, man. It's all working. If it's you, all working at And Horizons. if you sing the theme song, they'll give you some free food, I think. I think you get the bill is paid for if you sing the song. But with, you have to sing it like I do. With, and tell them Corey's thing. With a bar tab. Yes, it's amazing. Correct. It's incredible. It's, it's incredible. Growing. They're yes. so kind. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. I, speaking of questions, I want to go back to another one that I've seen. Guys, we don't need the headliners. Hey, don't I, I don't, You know, we do. 
You're the lifeblood of the show, you weirdo. Don't listen to him, guys. We definitely need you. I just yes. wanted to elicit that response from yeah. Corey. I knew it was coming. I knew as soon as I said it, he would be appalled. He wouldn't. He wouldn't hear the humor. Well, in it. it's more about Shanna. Shanna, I think we could all say is headliner number one. Like she is the first headliner. She's um, still hanging in there. She's still listening to headlines. Yeah, occasionally she'll text me every now and again because she listens to headlines and Wake Up War Chant. So she'll text me something from a show that she's listening to. She's got like a forty-minute commute to work, so I guess she she still listens. Uh, so yeah, she'll thanks she'll Shanna. Comment thanks, Shanna. Appreciate online. that. Yeah, um, yeah. So. We- there you go. We were always on her side when the when, when it all went down, Corey. <laughs> no, you were. Yeah. <laughs> kind of understood. Kind, yeah, kind of a no-brainer. The, <laughs> when she when she points things out, is it usually something like clever? Jeff or I said, is that yeah. usually? You, she, she's arguing with me about something I said. Typically, like countering something I said, um, and she not was unlike not, the marriage. Uh, she was not exactly right. Exactly right. She was not at all happy. Uh, <laughs> No, I, she, I think she's, she's a good, she's a good gauge of where the fan base is. It's because she's, she's more than a casual fan, but she's not diving into the tribal council every day either. And so when you lose to Jacksonville state or even something like Jermaine Johnson, not getting drafted till the mid 20s, she's like, what happened? What's going on with this coach where he's supposedly a top five pick. And then we're three hours into the draft and this dude still hasn't been drafted. Like that's, what's going on? That's, that's Mike Norvell's fault. No, no. She, I'm just saying, like, she's like, can this guy catch a break? Like, the guy that's supposed to be a top five pick now might slip out of the first round? What right, is, right. What is wrong yeah. with this? Well, the, the unfortunate thing is that if people had gone back to the start of the season, that was a guy that might get drafted in the middle of the second round, yeah. early third, and instead got drafted in the first round. You have right. to kind of look at it differently. The two days before, we thought he might be one of the – he might be he was being talked as a top five, top ten pick, and then he slipped. he's slipping – into yeah. the 20s so that you know I'm, there were florida state fans that were a little flummoxed by that i'm sure sure yeah, she anyway go ahead with your question now that we got all the I, th- I think i've forgotten my question now that we've oh. gotten sidetracked here no I, I i was just going to say uh i i think it's interesting because ira you're i would say you're usually the most probably even keel of the three of us pretty even keel and you who's brought the, up the fact that the you're the most th- uneven keel you me yes. yeah i want to well, fire people a lot i get pretty mad about things and f- f- every now and again i fly off. it's not even about firing people you just you you're prone to hyperbole that I, borders on absurdity and <laughs> let me get your guys thoughts on this i i was texting with somebody a friend of ours the other day and they just mentioned something about our interactions shanna? huh was it shanna it was not shanna okay i haven't texted <laughs> i haven't texted shanna in a while yeah. um if uh, since I was telling her, yes, go ahead and file, file the papers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just run to the courthouse, get it yeah. done. Um, but anyway, somebody else was talking about our interactions from last week about a certain topic. Anyway, it's not important, but we were talking about how, like, we said if our if our characters were like in, inside the NBA, that I'd be kind of like Ernie, Jeff would be kind of like Kenny Smith, and then you would be our Barkley. Right. I feel like that's that feels like that's. Pretty accurate. I'll say some asinine things that are off the cut, but there's a little bit of truth. There's a sparkle of truth in them, a nugget of truth. But Kenny Smith is the guy that talks Barkley some sense into Barkley and makes more sense of his crazy thoughts. I agree. I agree. Like Barkley will say some things you're like, man, that's like, that's perfect. He nailed that. And then there are other things like, dude, are you, are you taking something? That's kind of how, what are we doing here? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 
I'd rather be compared to Shaq, guys. I don't like being Kenny. Can I be I'll Shaq? Old school. Okay. Well, old I'll school, be honest. I wish they kicked Shaq off the show. I don't think he adds anything to it. I guess this is my Barkley take for the day. But I don't, I don't like anything about what Shaq brings to the show. I th- I thought it was perfect with Ernie, Kenny, and, and Barkley. Um, I still I still like the show. It's fine. I mean, there's, you know, everybody's got their things. I don't I, – Bryce loves Bryce loves that show, and so it makes me smile to see the joy that he gets out of watching that show. Dude, you know when it came on, Corey, we, we were working in Thomasville. Yeah, like twenty something years ago, twenty three years ago. Right? I remember sitting in the newsroom in Thomasville. We had a TV in the newsroom. Yeah, Jeff. Barkley had just retired, and we would we we have it on, and it would be on every night back then. It seemed like they were on every night. Now, I mean, the worst thing in the world is when you turn on now and it's like the backup crew oh no you can't do it <laughs> just you like what is it. this call it yeah. something else i would throw candace parker in there too she i think she's really good, she's good. and uh, what i would say too about not that this is uh you know nba what's the name of that show inside stuff uh yeah it's not inside it's not inside modern shot yeah modern shots interviewing jordan right over here on inside <laughs> stuff everybody <laughs> But like I, but like uh, I don't, I don't like Barkley. Barkley's lost a lot, man. Like I don't think he watches the games much. He's detached. He's yeah. very, very detached. Now he still has some nice insight occasionally, but I, I don't think he's great at it anymore. But that when he started from like 2000 to 2008 or 10, he was awesome. He was. Oh, awesome. when he cared. When he cared, yeah. he was awesome. Yeah. And he, he didn't got- care about saying, "Well, this guy's terrible." Yeah, and he and he had any other credibility because he had just played with those guys, yeah. and now it's like he doesn't even understand the game anymore. Right? Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't understand why they're not pounding it inside. Could and I say things? We're we're keeping the NBA theme here. Uh, I was going to make in the last hour that Jordan Travis is a little Steph Curry ish. Follow <laughs> me, gang. Follow me for a second. So it's his presence that matters. Maybe Steph Curry, because Steph Curry is also an incredible player. Jeff's going to turn your mic off. No, no, listen. Listen to what I'm saying. So there's a great (laughs) clip back in Curry's first MVP year where he's had a terrible first half. He's like 2 of 13. He's got five points, and Kerr is walking off the floor with him. And I don't know if he's mic'd up or how this worked, but you hear him saying, look, he's he's showing them the stats. He goes, look, you're 2 for 13, but your presence on the court is the reason we're up by 12 points. We're, you're a plus 18 when you're on the court because of your your presence. The defense flows to you, right. which means that Draymond can go get a layup or Clay's getting more of an open look than he did. And I think you can relate that to Jordan Travis in a sense. His presence, his running ability, is a it levels the playing field. You can't. Sure. So he doesn't have to throw through incredibly tight windows because he's never – you know what See, I mean? Like there's that, well, that was – and that was that was that was that was one of your your good Barkley moments, and it and it's not just the the throwing; it's the running game. I mean, what he does for the other, there's, it's no coincidence. Right. You give Alex Atkins a lot of credit. Running back. Yeah. Since he's been in the quarterback, their running backs average over six yards a carry. Yeah, I guys, we're in agreement on what Jordan Travis is. I'm merely stating he can become a better passer. Sure. He could right, be right. a more consistent. So we all path. agree he's the Steph Curry of college. <laughs> is, that, is that fair? I like what you did there. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, the the premise is is solid. I don't know that I would throw around names like of the five, well, the five or ten greatest players in the history of a league about, and compared to Jordan Travis. What about Kyle Corbett? 
Kyle Korver didn't have the production of Steph Curry, but you still had to account for where he was. He could knock down shots. He would Changes. knock down shots, and you had to you had to shift your defense to him, which got more looks for you know Paul Millsap or whoever. It, yeah, changes the spacing. Yeah. Or conversely, Florida State's offense in basketball last year, where they couldn't shoot, mm. and nobody had to respect that at all. And now suddenly, the game becomes much more difficult. Kudos to Leonard Hamilton winning a, another great award, a character yeah. award. And so we, I know we had that on the side on warchant.com. But anytime I see Leonard get an award, it just makes me smile. He should get all the awards. I want him to constantly get awards. And he's at the end of his career, you know. And I, I hope, and I hope, Leonard, if you're listening, because sometimes he does, I hope you're feeling better, buddy. Corey, you and I saw him during the uh, basketball camp, and he was still yeah. hobbled, you know, still yeah. hobbled. Yeah, he's, he's a tough dude, man. Uh, people don't realize what, he, f- he fell off that bus. Yeah. In the Scotty Barnes tournament run, that like, was the Achilles. It was the year after they, or it was the day after they lost the ACC championship game. He tore his Achilles, um, and he did say he screwed up his elbow too, or something like he. But he he didn't, you know, he had torn his Achilles, and he was yeah. coaching standing up in that tournament. He was not going to look weak and be on a scooter. Remember our dude from Georgia State, where they hit that, where his kid hit the shot to beat somebody <laughs> in the tournament, and he fell off his chair. Leonard Hamilton's not sitting on a chair coaching a game, and he even coached the game with kidney stones. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about one of the all-time tough coaches that's ever been. And he had just had hip surgery, and when I walked up to him and uh, kind of was talking to him about how he was feeling, he he joked with me. He was even willing to joke with me. He's like, well, this right after the uh, right after the foot is uh, is a bit much. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a little much, but we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. And here we have Corey Clark who has is having his gallbladder out and told me he might be back in October. So, so yeah, my, I mean, my, tar- my target date is the Clemson game. <laughs> I don't, I, I might be able to get there for uh, I don't know, NC state or wake. I think wakes right. at home, but my target game to get back on the, uh, to really be back in the stadium is with Clemson. Similar headlines, 93.3 real talk radio or chat TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. 
Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Worst moment at the ACC kickoff. Worst one that you've ever had. Me personally or? Oof. Um, Interacting with Georgia Tech's Paul Johnson. I was going to say, I was going to say, it's not worse, but it's offense, Ira. What does that even mean? And he he said, you actually said what they run in the pros. Yeah, because he, he, I was just like, hey, how would Christian Ponder, a guy like Christian Ponder, how do you think he'd be in your offense? He's like, what does that mean? And I said, well, you know, as opposed to a pro style offense. And he's like, well, what's a pro style offense? Come on, man. Like, what's what they run in the pro football? And this was before we had Lamar. We didn't have Lamar Jackson doing what he's doing. And and he just gave this look. And it was like – and he's like looking around at the Georgia Tech reporters like, you believe this moron. So that wasn't a great moment for me. But I was just – it just – the hatred. It doesn't take much, guys, as we learned with Tony Bennett. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can go from just not being completely ambivalent about a coach to hate out, just hatred in a second. And he uh, he, he crossed that threshold. Funny. It doesn't matter what. Nope. Well, my favorite part of that, I was just about to say, the underrated aspect of Ira's hatred for anybody is that it is non-negotiable. Once it happens, <laughs> you're done. There is no Never coming ready. back from this. You will be loathed, hated for life. For so, one, for one uh, perceived slight. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wrap. It's crazy. By the way, it's actually the Paul Johnson one, I think, is fair for you to hate him because he's an ass and he was an ass and he was trying to be a jerk intentionally. My question would be, why? What was it? Had you written something? Had you, what was their previous history? Ira from Adam. Yeah, he had no idea who I was, except that that I wasn't a Georgia Tech reporter. It was just, man, he's got that hang up that people Mm -hmm. didn't respect his offense. It's like, man, I covered Thomas County Central winning five state championships running the split back beer. I so respect the option. It's a high school offense. I get you, Ira. I'm with I'm you. Just saying, I have a respect for what that is, but it ain't a pro-style offense. No, and, and, before you had seen them come in and score every time they got the ball at Dover uh, Stadium in that game where they yeah. won whatever that was, 45 to 42. They literally never punted. And I, I was just trying to get – to the point, I was—I think I was writing something about Christian Ponder's athleticism, and how man, could you imagine? I think he'd be phenomenal in that kind of offense too, not just you know as a pro style quarterback. Anyway, whatever it was, you know, it's one of those things. At the ACC kickoff, you're a lot of what you're asking is just throwing stuff against the wall because you're—we're doing these interviews, especially the other opposing coaches, and they're, they're not may not be playing that team for four months. But hey, I've got this coach here. Let me ask him some questions. So that's kind of how it ended up. I will tell you that I one underrated aspect of an interaction that I had with a coach, and I've talked about this before, but Dabo knew who I was from the video that got played on YouTube mm-hmm. after after Jameis went up there and dominated and all that. And he knew that I had ripped him several times. I think his SID had told him. And so somehow, and I've requested Dabo every year, and I never got him. And and I found out that that you're they're allowed to veto right. a, a reporter or an outlet if they don't want to do it. And he had, he had, his people had always vetoed me. They had said we're not going to have we're not having you interview with Jeff Cameron. Somehow they screwed up that year, and I got him. And when he came around the corner with his guy, 
he said, you're right here with Jeff Cameron. The look on Dabo's face was priceless. He was pissed. Like, I can't believe you all have me sitting down here with this a-hole who's ripped me over and over and made fun of me over and over again. But to his credit, and I'm going to give him credit for this, I stood up, I shook his hand, I introduced myself. He kind of smirked at me like, I know who you are, you piece of crap. And then he sat down and proceeded to do a very professional interview to the point where his guy knew he had screwed up, meaning he had screwed up by letting him interview with me, to the point where I asked a series of good questions and the guy was trying to tell Dabo we can go. And Dabo was like, shooing him away. Like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. And he kept talking to me. So I got to give him credit because I was stunned. I thought he was going to give me three minutes. And he was going to get up and walk away. And so I was nervous. And I don't normally get, you know, you do this long enough. You guys know you don't get that nervous anymore. But I was a little nervous because I knew this could be contentious. It could get interesting. And so I was thinking very hard about how do I want to word these questions and how am I going to ask him? And to his credit, he listened and bothered to give a thoughtful answer. So that was probably the su most surprised moment for me at an ACC kickoff was that he was civil and engaged. What you got, Corey? I'm going to guess yours. Oh, all right. Yours. I wasn't even thinking of one. I thought we were done with it. Let's hear it. I was when uh, Willie, t well, uh, tell me your reaction. When Willie Taggart uh, said that he assumed there were a lot of turds in the locker room at Florida State. Yeah. In his first <laughs> ACC game. On, on the big stage. On the big stage. Where it was, I, I, I assume ACC Network, if that was a yeah. thing back then, was broadcasting that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting phrase that he thought there were a lot of turds and there weren't. And maybe <laughs> we would argue with that now. Yeah, that was a fun one. And I do remember uh, the one year it was in Pinehurst. Which was uh, awesome. It was great, but that was the year that um, – it was like a month after, maybe two or three weeks after DeAndre Johnson had been on video. Mm. And then, you know, for, for 20 minutes, Jimbo's just being asked about that. And I just remember the dude from the AJC, because Jimbo's like, and, you know, I would know, I mean, Jimbo deserves plenty of criticism. But he was talking about, he's like, look, the kid made a mistake, and, and we moved on. And then the guy from the AJC is like, Jimbo, a mistake? He hit a woman. And, and Jimbo's like, yeah, and he's off the team. Like, what, 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 what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to – did you want me to hit him? Like, what did you want me to do? It's just we were in that era of the media in, in all arrows at Florida State for everything. And there has not been a situation like that since. Even with all the craziness at LSU, it didn't get 10 or 20% of what, of what Florida State got. And it's just that, that – that, I'm, I'm very happy those days are over because it was just exhausting. And it was like, God, man, this, you, you know, anyway, it was just exhausting. Yeah. I, I by the way, I don't want to belabor the DeAndre Johnson thing, but I was thinking about this the other day when we were laughing about quarterbacks and we were talking about post Jameis, how he just swung and missed on all these quarterbacks. He just failed miserably. He didn't, he, he didn't bring anybody in. He was any good. I wonder, because remember how good DeAndre Johnson was in that spring game? He threw a sweet pass, man. He had a nice – a lot of hand talent. Yeah, he did. He, he did have talent. Much, he didn't do much in his college career, but then you always have to wonder, okay, what would he have done with Jimbo? And, well, he, I think he, and I think he had injury problems. Um, I think he had some issues. But, but yeah, no, I mean, that I think that spring, um, I mean, yeah. yeah, he threw a pretty pass. He just – you felt like, okay, if he just puts on some size. Of those guys he brought in, I mean, he was the one definitely, I think, you know, you thought – might have had a chance, but man, what a disaster! But what's uh, What's funny about that is that where did he end up going? To FIU, where did he end up going? Sounds he, right. I know he he did the uh, last chance. You yeah, he did the last yeah. 
but where was that AJC reporter when when they when they took him? Wherever you know he mean? went. Did it only matter because he was at Florida State and he sure. got kicked off of Florida State? You still get criticized for that. Oh, he just said he made a mistake. He's just a a bore of a football coach. And and yet there's nothing that that was always my problem with all that is there was Amen. any follow up to where these people landed. It's just well, to shoot all your arrows at Florida State. But the reality is, and I think he might have gone to FAU actually. But but, the, but I think F something use. Uh, I think the reality of it is that that's why they end up a lot of times at those schools is because they know if they go to a Power Five school, right. then everybody will descend upon them. Whereas you know if if you've hit a woman or if you've committed sexual assault or something that's so egregious, a lot of times even if your talent is great, I mean there's a reason Randy Moss, and it just it's astounding to talk about the difference of where we are as a society now compared to back then, but Randy Moss has to go to Marshall, um, you know, compared to, yeah, you know, I think it's crazy that smoking weed would have violated his, he had to go spend a month in jail because he got, he, he, he failed a a weed test. I know it was a drug test, but he he was smoking weed. It's like, I still, I I mean, I get angry about that all the time. I just, not only because we know they would have won the national title and they would have multiple, uh, yeah, Earl, but what I'm saying, I would have wanted to see what those numbers were at the end of that year. Can you the, the, the try to fathom that receiving core? Imagine just being a, a poor, frightened, probably curled up in the fetal position defensive coordinator, having to get ready for that offense with Brandy Moss, with those receivers. And that, I mean, good God, guys. The 96, 96 receiving core would have been Andre Cooper and E.G. Green. Yes. Peter Warwick is a redshirt freshman. And oh yeah, Randy Moss. And you yeah. also have Warwick Dunn. I mean, Thad Busby was going to win the Heisman just by pitching the ball to people, right? Like, or throwing the ball more than, other than the go routes to Randy Moss. I mean, it would have been in so '96 and '97, they undoubtedly win the national championship if Randy Moss is healthy. It's not even a question. Undoubtedly, and I would point out that yeah, that would have been Thad Busby. That would have been the equivalent of the Gino Toretta. Yeah, Heisman, right. Or you he, just you're not even any good. He might have joined Archie Griffin. He might have <laughs> won back to back Heisman's old Thad Busby. But think about E.G. Green, Peter Warwick, and Randy Moss all on the same team with Warwick Dunn to go with them. And that those teams still went eleven and one each year. Uh, one just, of them made the national championship. I mean, right. they literally would have won. They would have beaten Florida so bad in '96. It wouldn't have been twenty-four to twenty-one. It would have been forty-one to twenty-one. Florida wouldn't have been able to get back into the championship game. They would have been beat so bad. And I know that's just one player. You can't say that. But you're talking about probably the most talented wide receiver who has ever lived. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not it's not just one player. It's a preternaturally great player, a Hall of Fame wide receiver who nobody could cover even who, when he got to the league. And even though everybody – yeah, like to your point, everybody in the world knows he's running one route. Right. And they still can't do anything about it. It's just a nine. We're just – it's just a go. <laughs> it's just a – She's going to fly. But the other thing is, like, think about what he would have been from a celebrity standpoint in college. Because remember back when he was playing for Marshall, like, ESPN started showing their game. Marshall yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But imagine if he had been doing that at a Florida State or Notre Dame or or one of those guys. I mean, it would have been – he would have I mean, been – Imagine being a Notre Dame fan, too. Oh, yeah. Like, at least Florida State was still making national championship games. Like, Notre Dame was nothing. And they had this all-time dude. And they're like, no, no, let him go to Florida State. <laughs> I mean, uh, how do you not fire Lou Holtz? 
I mean, that's crazy. Like, he got in a skirmish at a bowling alley. Wasn't, wasn't that what it was? Oh, no, it was at a school. Allen Iverson yeah. was the bowling alley. Yeah. He got in a skirmish at a, at a school um, that he ended up getting arrested for, which was nuts because he was defending a friend, all that, whatever. But it was a, it was a skirmish. It was a fight, whatever you want to call it. But you're going to – sometimes you got to – there's got to be well, somebody that's looking out for the, the program and being like, look, I get well, it. We don't normally would, would want to take somebody like this. He's been arrested. This isn't a normal dude. We 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 understand what football means. Are you also we could have, they could have realized where he was. They could have realized where he was from. And they kind of like what I mean is like, why do you think he was arrested, guys? Well, <laughs> I mean, <yeah>. like, <laughs> and also he had bad influences around him. He was hanging out with white chocolate. He was hanging out with the uh, the other Jason Williams man. Are you kidding me? It's lucky. By the way, hey, that, you know what's fun to do? Go on YouTube and watch his his career tapes, his highlights. Right. I mean, I know I know we remember him when he played, and we remember him at Florida and everything else. But go watch that dude, that highlight reel. It's That's insane. Great. You know, a few years ago with the Peter Warwick highlight reel hit YouTube and people were like, Oh man. Cause a lot of young kids hadn't realized how good Peter Warwick was in college until somebody posted that. And you went back and watch, go watch white chocolate. That is insane. Yeah. Hey, that's what Brady needs to be watching. He doesn't need, he doesn't need to be watching John Stockton <laughs> just feeding the post or Carl Malone picking rolls all day. Show him some of Jason Williams. I don't let him make a bounce pass unless he's not looking at me. <laughs> better be looking down the street or something. If we're in the driveway, he is not just doing a regular, oh, here you go, chest pass. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing – No fun, no, 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 strong fundamental bounce pass, no, two hands. It's, it's, usually a, it's either a behind-the-back pass or a no-look pass. But we're not – I mean, look, man, you got to be – you got to have some flair. That's right. what sports is all about. It's not really – it's more style over substance. So we're not gonna we're not gonna exit here. I realize we've prattled on too long. We have six minutes to go. We can just stay here and we can give parting messages. I will say before we wrap it up on the show, Corey, good luck with your surgery, buddy. What if this is the last headlines? Look, I kid, I can't feel bad about that if it is. I actually oh, asked I him. I asked him while you were uh, on your search for your sausage, which you never went and got. By the yeah, way, yeah, I thought we were all showing our sausage. But, oh, good but we all made but, it, guys. Come on, hang in. But Sorry. while you were gone, I said to Corey, I was like, I wonder what do we do with this episode if he doesn't make it out? Is this, I think you we... still air it, right? It would be like, you know, you know how when Prince died, all of a sudden there was some more stuff that started to be his, his estate started releasing more concerts. Tupac just released a new album again last week. Yeah. I mean, we got... <laughs> and we and then we just start charging more. Yeah. Well, this would it's, be like the lost. Hit. My, the the lost Corey Clark tape would be like a Patreon deal where you'd have to pay $150 to watch this. You know what I like, Corey? I like that we paid $150 and he's he's comparing Jordan Travis to Steph Curry. We're not going to miss this guy. No, but I like that you're willing to engage the fact that you may not make it out and that the first thing Ira and I are going to do is make money off of it. Off of it, off of it. <laughs> oh, give yeah. a little bit. Give a little. Let, let Brady wet his beak a little bit with it. You yeah. know, let's get a little taste of it. Well, maybe we'll just take him to Horizons. Oh, there Thanks. you go. Yeah, let him sing the song and take yeah. him to Horizons. Well, I'll I'll get him on a loop singing the song, and so that way we'll always, once an episode, when we're doing the show, we'll remind everybody that you were once part of it with that little – Oh, ho horizons thing. Right. Yeah. All right. That's so, good. so you're, but, but this surgery, you don't even spend the night, right? Like you go back home that because I, because Kim had it and I think I remember staying and taking her home, right? Yeah. You don't remember your wife's surgery. And if you, if she stayed in the hospital, over I, I believe that's the case. Correct. You, it's, it's outpatient. 
That's why I said, like, Jamie's picking me uh, – Tom Lang's wife is uh, picking me up from the surgery place at 9 a.m., I hope. Uh, yeah, so apparently what they do is they, they, they cut, like, four little tiny incisions in my belly, and they stick a camera down there, and they're looking around so it's not as invasive, and then they somehow get my gallbladder out without apparently tearing up my intestines. That's the hope anyway. That's the hope. So we'll see how it goes. Buddy, you're going to be working out and doing things within a week. That's what you're I'm hoping. Go. You're going to be I'll good to go. Sausage. I'll be eating registered sausage again. I can tell you that much. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, at the time that people are listening to this, again, it's pre-recorded, everybody. But uh, just, just so you know, because uh, Ira's up in Charlotte right now. Corey's under the knife. And, um, and yeah, yeah. And I'm holding it down. But one thing I'll, I'll say is that, uh, I would think, and this is just a guess, Ira, you can correct me. Maybe we've heard, I haven't checked the email during the show today, but I would think that we're pretty much going to be looking at a practice The like, okay, so this is a Tuesday that, that people are listening to this. That practice is not going to be that Friday, but that Monday, maybe it'll be definitely early that week. I definitely yeah. think so. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's here, man. This is, this is the last headlines, I think, before we'll see, probably before preseason practice. That that next headlines might be on either the first or second day of practice. Correct. Uh, you know, while the rest of the college football world will be waiting until early August, Florida State, because they got that Duquesne game. Yep. got to get ready for the Dukes. Yeah, they'll be practicing the last week of uh, July. So they, they would start like the 25th? 25th no, like 27th, 28th, somewhere in there. I think 26th, somewhere in there. Yeah, so by the way, I asked this yesterday. We'll conclude the show with this. How much would you play Tate Rodemaker against uh, Duquesne? I'd, I'd look to get him in the th- third quarter, midway through the third quarter, something yeah. like that. And also run the ball a lot in the first half. Like just run. The- I mean, I guess you want to get your receivers some uh, experience and some ex- uh, too and make sure Jordan's on a – but you can't show a ton, right, against Duquesne? Yeah. You don't want to be showing too much. You don't want to be showing that Jordan Travis has turned into Steph Curry. You want to save that little nugget for LSU. You don't want to show too much, but you do need to get into a rhythm in your passing game some. I, I do think you want to be, you know, you want to feel comfortable with aspects of your office that you're going to be utilizing against LSU. And, you know, I mean, they do get a benefit of this practice game, if you will. I mean, it counts, but I, I would try to get – Tate would have to play almost all of the fourth quarter and quite a bit of the third quarter. I would, I would also try to score 80. <laughs> well, make up for losses. working on things, yeah. 80, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is to get the taste out of your mouth of Jacksonville State, I wouldn't go into this with any preconceived notions about when Jordan Travis is coming out. I might, have a, I might have a backfield where uh, Tate Rodemaker and Jordan Travis are in there at the same time. And just just to show it. Ready for it. And you better bet Master Mono is using both feet to punt. That's a hey, thing you can do. By the, by, by the way, I would probably apologize. I mean, you, pro- you don't have to apologize because they're getting paid handsomely to come down here and take this ass beating. But I, I'll tell you what, I think before the game, when I'm doing the pregame handshake with the coach at the 50, I'm going to go, look, man, no hard feelings, but I got to get this thing rolling. I got to get this thing rolling. So if it's 57 to six early in the third and I run a flea flicker, again, it's not personal. Enjoy There's the more where that came from. There's be, more where that mad, came from. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at Jacksonville State. And that coach that <laughs> ended up that- not fired. And that coach ended up getting fired later in the year for having a bad team. Having the biggest win in school history, and he got fired. That's so. That's awesome. Good luck, Corey. For Thank Corey you. and Ira, I'm Jeff. Thanks so much to all of you for watching, you guys, and listening. Be well, and we'll be back with you throughout the rest of the week. And, of course, uh, next week, as we just got done talking about for the start of practice, it's almost here, our long 
endless nightmare, national nightmare of no football is nearly over. And stay connected to WarChan.com all week because we are going to be up at ACC kickoff. We're going to have coverage. Me, Tom Lang, Aslan, tons of video, tons, tons of stories. And uh, I think Corey, even on his uh, couch or his recliner, mm-hmm. recovering from surgery, is going to be helping out on the website as well. We're at least try, that's what, we're try, gang. I'm a, I'm, at least that's I, what he tells me. That's I'm a it's battler. Tough. You guys know that. I'm just tough. I'm built. Different. Be good, everybody. Peace. Hey, no fans, our partner ISF Inc. is a national management and IT consulting firm located right here in Tallahassee, Florida, solving the future for state governments through strategy, process, and technology. As a trusted advisor for state governments, ISF knows the importance of defining a clear and detailed strategy. Our friends at ISF can help your organization create a strategy that sets you on a path to success. ISF. Your vision plus our expertise brings your brilliant ideas to life. Visit ISF.com to learn more. ISF, solving the future. Right here in our hometown is a local spot where you can take a break from all your worries. A place where everybody knows his name. It's Smitty's Tap House and Grill. Smitty's deep appreciation for fine craft beers and tasty bar treats sets the stage as the ideal local neighborhood pub. Want to know more? Just visit Smitty'sTapHouse.com to check out the full menu. Come see us at Smitty's Tap House and Grill on Thomasville Road, just north of Cary Forest Parkway. You'll be glad you came, where everybody knows his name. We all want more energy, more strength, more results. Well, welcome to Orange Theory Fitness as you take a step towards feeling more alive today. Backed by science, Orange Theory's heart rate monitored workout is scientifically designed to keep heart rates in a target zone, spiking metabolism and increasing energy. Orange Theory Fitness is a -a one-of-a-kind group personal training workout resulting in more energy, visible toning, and extra calorie burn for up to 36 hours. Experience more vibrant life today with Orange Theory Fitness. To find out more, go to orangetheoryfitness.com. 